Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. We're back after a bit of a break after I battled COVID childcare and then the low ceilings of Cornwall, but managed to escape a concussion, I think, after my holiday. Don't think I missed too much, apart from Jesse Lingard signing and sparking the outrage of the footballing world outside of Nottingham. So we're going to discuss that in depth, the uh, impending signing of Oral Mangala and lots of other transfer business in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temple. Hello, Temps, how are you? Morning, Mark. I'm just glad you've stuck with us. Now you're getting retweets off Gary Lineker. I thought he might be losing you. I didn't want to mention that myself, yeah. but, you know, I thought I'd let one of you two mention it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Gary. Sti- Thanks for sticking with the little man. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, I did try and get Gary on, but no. Glad to have you both here still. Don't worry. Uh, second guest today is Reds fan Mikey Clark. Mikey, you well? Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Are you good? Uh, yes, yes. Or fully better after COVID and some nice uh, Cornish sun. So feeling good. Right, let's get into it. Forest have signed Jesse Lingard on a one-year deal. There might be an option to extend the relationship. We'll see. But um, it certainly provoked a reaction signing him on a free transfer from under the noses of West Ham. We'll get into the ins and outs around the outrage and uh, the general reaction to the finances of it all. But temps in general... What are your thoughts on it from a, a footballing point of view and maybe a commercial point of view? For me, it is the footballing point of view that I really want to talk about because, again, he's an upgrade on the guy we had in that position last year. He's made for that 10 role and I think we'll get goals and assists from him and that's the job. So we'll, we'll come on to the off-field antics in a in a little bit, but I work with plenty of sportsmen that spend five hours a day on the golf course. And it doesn't affect their day job. His interest if you like is is social media and esports and, and and all these things that we're perhaps a little bit too old to appreciate but that doesn't detract from the fact we've signed a remarkable footballer and i think he'll be a big hit for forest this season mikey just your general general thoughts on it before we get into it properly yeah i, I, I have to agree with that i think it's uh an unbelievable signing really you know thinking back a couple of seasons ago i was i was buzzing we signed players like Luke Freeman, and, and, and no disrespect to those guys, but we're, we're now operating in, in a different sphere, aren't we, of, of players. So incredible signing. I'm sure we're going to dig a bit deeper on it, but it's in a position we really need as well. You know, he, he, he could be that difference to keeping our heads above water this season. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with it. I'm sure we'll go into a bit more detail on that. Yeah, yeah, certainly will. Lots of comments. Lee says, had the privilege of sharing a table with Mikey, uh, Forest Legends do, last week. What a gent. So there you go. Thank you, Lee. Um, most of the other comments about Jesse Lingard, but we're going to come into that in such detail that we'll probably flash a few up for that one. Caught my eye. Um, I mean, I wrote a piece, obviously. Thanks, Gary Lineker, as Temps mentioned, for retweeting it, around this kind of wild reaction from, well, certainly, yeah, West Ham fans, but more so the... the the TalkSport pundit class, positive and negative. I think they put out 10 clips about it and maybe more now. It's really 
obviously he he riles up fans and they pick up on that and you know they flooded their airways with it to what I think is a pretty disproportionate extent. What do you make of the reaction temps? I mean, you work in the media, like you say, in, in cricket. It's not football, but what do you think about it all? Yeah, it's uh, over the top. Let's talk about money first, right? So it's it's no bad thing to be motivated by money, but what it is to Jesse Lingard as a footballer is, is a signal of the intent and the level to which a football club wants to recruit his services. So if we have or have not spent more than West Ham were prepared to pay on Jesse Lingard, I don't care. Ultimately, after considering all factors, Jesse Lingard has decided to sign for our football club. And in various corners of the media, I've seen his wage reported from 80 grand a week to 180 grand a week. What's clearly happened is he's had several conversations with several key people at our club and they've decided he's decided that we're the right, right match for him. Now, what Dave the Van Driver or Johnny X Footballer thinks on TalkSport, I don't care. Because as a fan of this football club, every time someone comes through the door, our chances of staying in the Premier League get better and better. We're a better team for having Jesse Lingard. Ask Mikey in a minute what he thinks about his extracurricular activities, because that's not what I've employed him for. We've employed him for. Forrest have employed him for. He's here to get goals and assists. The money is done. He's ours for a year. He'll get goals and assists. The furore around it is like nothing I've experienced in the past 20, 25 years of Forrest having signed any player. And I haven't seen, well, I've seen very little objective analysis of what he brings to a football team and all sorts about his TikToks and his tweets and his and his trainers. Jesse mm. Lingard has 30 caps for England. He's the only player we're going to have in our squad this year who has 30 caps for England. He'll make a big difference. I'm with Matt Davis and Gary Lineker on this one. Great signing. Everything else is a sideshow. Yeah, as you say, he's got 30 caps for England. He's got 10 TikTok videos, not, not this kind of unhealthy obsession that, that's being quoted. Obviously, his Instagram feed is very active and he projects his image and his brand. And, you know, it's not for me, but I'm, a as of this coming weekend, 40-year-old white guy. And, and uh, I don't think I'm his target audience. And I think we're all pretty much of the same demographic. So, you know, fair play to him. And on the money, I mean, uh, I heard from what I've been told that Forrest haven't particularly offered more. They've offered a pretty parallel figure with West Ham. And there might be other motivations around. He's got a young daughter in Manchester his family connections, maybe he didn't want to move that far away. We don't really know. Steve Cooper uh, has sold him a pro- sold him a project. Clearly, he sat down with him. The owners have sat down with him. They've they've wooed him and, and convinced him there's something here for him. There's a World Cup on the horizon, and he's a Gareth Southgate favourite. We've seen that in the way he you know selected him for the last World Cup. And as soon as he showed any form at West Ham, he was back in. Despite you know James Madison can't get a kick. Jack Grealish has to be unbelievable for West uh, for Aston Villa to get a shot. Now he plays for Man City. You know he's walks into the squad, but that's a different story. So anyway, Mikey, I don't want to steal all of, all the points here and leave you with nothing. What do you think about the finances of the deal and the reaction? Yeah, well said, guys. I think you've you've absolutely nailed it. I was going to say a very similar thing. I think um, you've got to look at what he brings to the table and weigh it up that way. So, for example, if we were going to go for somebody of a slightly younger age with a, maybe a higher ceiling that you can have a sell-on value for, that will cost us a lot of money, a lot more than what we've just given Jesse Lingard for a year. Now, yes, I think nine out of ten deals we may do may have that in mind in terms of the profile of the player we're going to bring in. But this is almost like a one-off. I know these rumours are going to bring in another 
but this is almost like a one-off. You've got a guy here who's 29, as Temp said, 30 England caps, give or take, won Europa League, he's won FA Cup finals, he's been in the top two of the Premier League. He is an outstanding footballer that can play numerous positions, and we've got him for free. There is no transfer fee there. Yes, he'll have a big sign-on fee. Yes, he'll have a load of add-ons, probably more than we could even cover in these sort of 40, 50 minutes, and he'll have a big wage. But in a sense, if you kind of do a bit of maths, which I'm sure everybody's doing, we're going to pay for this transfer a lot less than we probably pay for somebody else a bit younger that isn't necessarily proven at this level. So I'll go back to what I said before. He can slot straight into this football team as a number 10, a number eight, maybe even on the wing. And we know what he brings. He's a proven Premier League player that we have got on big wages, but for no transfer fee. That is an incredible deal. And I'll be honest with you, when I first heard rumblings of this, as, as we all did sort of back end of the previous week, I had to get my head around it because my initial thought was, I, I, I'll be honest, I went into the whole, really, Jesse Lingard, really? Um, but then when you think about it with your business head, you think, actually, how much is staying up worth? How much is an extra place in the Premier League worth? A lot of money. So bringing one or two players in like Jesse Lingard makes complete sense as long as we offset that with more sort of forward-looking transfers for the next few years. And I think it's an outstanding bit of business, I have to say. I suppose, Temps, the one-year deal feels like a big factor to me. If you've been saddled with the guy, say Forrest do go down, you've given him a three-year deal, he has a horror season where he scores zero goals in 30 games and you're stuck with him on whatever the actual figure is, uh, about 120 grand, I think. That That is a problem, isn't it? But this makes sense, especially if Forrest have signed. If you look at the signings, very few of them have got extensive Premier League experience. In fact, I don't think any of them have, apart from Dean Henderson. So it does tick a lot of boxes, doesn't it? Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of chats, about, haven't we, about thoughtful recruitment and have, having a plan. I think the if there's one thing that surprised me, it's the, the scale of the financial plan that was in place should we get promoted to the Premier League. Because we're seeing checks signed here that weren't written previously because they couldn't be under FFP and under uh, any kind of um, managed objective to get Forrest out of the out of the championship required thoughtful marshalling of the cash. There's a, a realisation, which I don't think has just dropped. I think within the hierarchy, within the, the family in Greece, has been known for a while. When we get up, we've got to drop a lot of money on a series of players to get a, a foothold in the Premier League. Someone's come available on a free transfer who can plug straight in, is affordable. Okay, perhaps towards the, the top end of our um, wage structure and we've grabbed him. So, mm. yeah, look, no criticism from me whatsoever. And you know what? Even if it doesn't come off and there's a chance of any transfer that it might come off, we've still made the right decision. The best available player within the financial constraints at this time was Jesse Lingard. And we've got him and others haven't. And there's this weird bitterness in certain corners of the uh, the media that we've dared, this little upstart club have dared to come on and grab um, players who it's perceived uh, is, is either a poor match or is motivated solely by money. I, I don't think he is. I don't think there's any item in the world that Jesse Lingard can afford to buy now that he couldn't afford to buy six months ago. I really don't. True, true. 
does his Mikey TikTok feed and Instagram feed and the whole celebration thing, which, you know, Temp said before we start recording is a five pound fine if any of us do it, but everyone knows what it is. And the whole Jaylings thing, I mean, like I said, it's not, it's not particularly my thing, but it doesn't bother me. What, what do you think about it? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not my thing either. I, I, I don't really get it, but then, you know, I'm a guy in his forties and I, it's not really for me, but I think if you look at what you know, if you look at the the eyes that are now on our football club because of this signing, you look at the amount of people that have viewed those videos of him doing his medical and signing and, and him doing all those skills and all that sort of stuff. The shirt sales that you're going to get with Lingard, whether it's ten or eleven, they need to sort that one out. But on his back, you know the whole um, the whole eyes of, of the country and maybe even you know, some some places in Europe are now looking, thinking, blimey, Forrester, Forrester not just going to do like, with all due respect, a Norwich and come up and, and sign six free transfers and then be relegated by March. They are actually trying to give it a go. And I think Temps is absolutely spot on. You have to remember as well, everybody sort of watching and listen, listen to this. We've lost seven players seven first-team players at the end of that playoff final because the five loanees went back, Samba's gone and Grabben's gone. So you're almost half a team down. So we're almost starting from a base where you need heads, you need numbers and you need quality. So it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that we're one of the most active clubs in the transfer market in Europe. I think we've bought 10 or 11 players so far. There'll be more coming in. But it's the quality of these players. That's the key. So all right getting heads in as we have done in the past. We're now buying some proper quality players, and it fills us all with hope. But just going back to your question, Matt, it isn't for me that the, the social media TikTok thing. I don't, I don't get it. But it is for a lot of people. And do you know what? He's he's got his own fashion brand, hasn't he? He's got to plug it some way. And I get it. And like Temp says, you know, he he works with a load of sports people. They're on the golf course five six hours a day. I don't mind if he's looking at his phone five six hours. I'm not bothered as long as, long as he goes on a pitch at three o'clock on a Saturday and and performs and gets some assists and goals and keeps us 17th or above couldn't care less to be honest with you i suppose temps i'm trying to think of the cricketing equivalent obviously you work at trent bridge i'm just looking on rishad pant the indian cricketers instagram feed he's got 6.6 million followers he's a young man who's posting photos of himself looking a bit ridiculous to me in sunglasses and stupid outfits from a comms point of view are you bothered i mean is he an asset well what do you think Forrest are thinking about his social media? If they're thinking anything at all, they couldn't care less. And look, he's not—he's um, not a controversial character, is he? He's not like getting involved in political causes. He's dancing with his mates and designing a few garish t-shirts. I mean, there's no there's there's no crime in that. There's 168 hours a week. He's going to play football for 90 minutes, maybe three hours. He's going to train for 12 to 15 hours a week. There's plenty of time for Jesse Lingard to mess around on, on TikTok. And we, we have to talk about it because it's, it's, it's dominated every conversation we've all had with um, friends we'll have who support big six clubs, but live in West Bridgeford and Arnold and wherever. Um, and it's, it's a frustration, isn't it? That we, we feel the need to defend ourselves. And the, the thing they're picking on is the fact that one of our lads has got a huge social media following. He's a footballer. They all fill their time doing silly stuff or playing golf, or playing tennis, or, or whatever. It's his pastime. It's how he decompresses after 
challenges um, within the game, outside the game. So, yeah, look, it's just it's just not a problem, is it? It it, re- it really isn't. They've uh, they're young men with lots of time and lots of money, and how they how they spend their time and their money is their business. Of course, it, he has the he has the power to change the narrative through performances, and mm. I really hope not that he needs to be, but if if he scores five goals before Christmas, five assists before Christmas, whatever, get, gets himself established or has a, a few standout performances, um, gets that debate going, you know, will, will, will he, won't he be on the, on the, on the plane to, to, to Qatar? Let's get the narrative back to the football. And that's what will happen the second he starts playing it. So hope he's out of Medellin on Tuesday night. Um, last one on the money before we go on to the football. The only reservation I had, and it's not necessarily a fair one, I mean, you've got a player who's on a lot more money than every other player in the dressing room, apart from Dean Henderson, because he's Manchester United's player technically. And maybe this opens the door for Forrest to sign another 100 grand a week player. I don't know what the budget is. Do you think it creates any ripples in the dressing room like we saw when Fawaz came in and was handing out ridiculous contracts and we've had ex-players on saying it changed the feeling around the club? Is that any slight concern, Mikey, to you? Well, there's always a worry. Um, I'm trying to think now you know, where everybody goes to work if somebody comes in doing a similar job, if not the same to you, but you know that they're on three times as much. There's always a worry. However, go back to what I said before, Matt, which is Jesse Lingard is a proven Premier League player. Three Ps. Um, and he is, 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 you know, he's coming in and he's been there, he's done that, he's got the T-shirt. So, Yes, he's being paid more, but if I'm one of these Forest players that maybe isn't on as much, it's very different seeing a player who has played at the pinnacle, played in World Cups, all that sort of stuff, won stuff, coming in on a lot of money. That sits okay with me. If somebody came in that you maybe never heard of and you you watch him on the training pitch and you think, actually, why are we, why are, why are we paying him this amount of money? That would be a little bit different and cause a different dynamic, I would have thought. Um but I don't think there's any of those worries with with Lingard, to be honest with you. And you'd like to think that any other players that we bring in have that um, experience and have that sort of aura about them. That if anybody did think, oh, that's a lot of money, did go, actually, if I won a Euro, Europa League, if I won, uh, you know, finished second in the Premier League, if I won an FA Cup, if I had 30 caps in my country, that's the amount of money I'd probably be on when I'm 29. Because he's not 24, 25. This and maybe one more are going to be the last big deals of his of his career, unless he goes to MLS for a year, maybe, which he might do. Um, so, yeah, it's always a worry, Matt, but I, I genuinely think that people will see it for what it is and we've brought in a quality footballer and they'll see that. So I think any worries will quickly be be forgotten, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Jen, so I was just going to dive in on, on one more point and it's, it's Steve Cooper's ability to, to shape and work with young people. And it's something that everyone's worked with him. And, you know, one, one, one or two players that I've had chats with in the not-too-distant past have said, he just knows how to handle young men. And I can see him pulling Jesse in the office at some point and saying, you know, what's, what's this TikTok thing all about? Uh, and not to challenge it, just to understand it and to, um, to, to make him feel comfortable in his own skin and, and, and welcome and accepted and, and everything else. I think you've got a manager there who will handle his off-field activities in a far different way to Sir Alex would have done, for example. And I, I think Steve Cooper is, is definitely the right profile of manager to be on top of this profile of player. And I, I think that match could be a really positive one. 
And hopefully, as, as you said earlier, Matt, to the point about bringing uh, further players in, it will only enhance the reputation of us and Steve Cooper in the, in the longer term if he is able to get the best out of Jesse Lingard. And I, I wager that he will. What's a reasonable return then for the money? Not just the money, but the CV and everything in terms of goals and assists this season, Temps? Well, I said 10 and 10 earlier, didn't I? I think that would be remarkable. So that's, that's the arbitrary target for, for Brennan, for Lingard. And I'm sure we'll get onto the striker situation at some point. But I think for us to stay in the Premier League, those two need to be productive, have end product, goals and assists. Um, and I think one thing Lingard has craved his entire career is a guaranteed place in the starting eleven. When he had it at West Ham, he scored nine goals in 16. When he was a bit part player at Man U, in and out, he struggled for rhythm, form, consistency. I think it's fair to say as long as we're playing a remotely attacking system, the, the 10 role will be there, there or thereabouts all season. We're certainly not signing him thinking he's never going to play an away game. That's, that's, just, that's just not what's happening. So if we can keep him fit, play him in that role, I think an unbelievably good return for club and player would be 10 goals and 10 assists. Hmm. Does he bring Brennan on, Mikey? Well, it remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, Brennan's a young man who's coming on a rapid trajectory. I mean, in theory, it's going to only help him, I suppose. Yep, and I was going to say the same thing. So I think, not that I don't put any um, significance on numbers. You know, if he comes in with nine and nine and we stay up and finish 15th, that's fine with me. Um, I think it's more about leveraging the performances of the players around him, which I was going to say, and, and you quite rightly, Matt, talked about Brennan. I always find that when, when you're a really good player and you're playing in, say, the Championship or League One, when you go up a level, I always think you you tend to look a bit better because you're playing with better players. And I think that works both ways. Ways. So, Brennan Johnson starting a football game with Jesse Lingard behind him and maybe somebody else, he's going to raise his game. There's no doubt because he's playing with better players. So, I think, yes, set yourself targets, Jesse, everybody else, 10 and 10, whatever we're, we're going to call it. But for me, it's more about... Jesse's 29, coming on 30, he's got loads of experience. Can he leverage the performance of those around him? And Brennan Johnson is a, is, is a great example of that. So what you might find is if things drop, as I hope they will, you'll see players raise their performance by 5 or 10% because they're playing with better players. So, you know, you make a run, you know you're going to get the ball. You don't always think that when you're playing with players that, that might not see that pass. Jesse Lingard will see that pass. So Brennan, Brennan makes that run five times, two or three times, he's going to get that ball. And once that clicks, I think you'll see you'll see a totally different forest maybe in September, October than you will maybe at the start of the season. Because a lot of new players, a lot trying to find the feet, trying to understand each other's game. But I think what it's like dominoes, one leads to the next. Lingard performances, if they're high, will raise everybody else's. I've got no doubt about that. Mm. Um, last one on Lingard and I'm stealing a point from Darren Fletcher here it's not my point but he said this to me the other day um, I suppose there's an element of maths to this isn't there Temps in the sense that if Lingard gets 10 goals if Brennan gets 10 goals and if Awanee gets 10 and Surridge gets 5 I mean eventually you're going to get to the tally where you're close to staying up if you it's such a blindly obvious point if you're not conceding too many at the other end but if yeah it's a big piece of the jigsaw isn't it yeah, I'm going to avoid one of those match of the day manager faux pas when they um, roll out a cliche about scoring more goals than them. But that's that, <laughs> that's what it, that's what it comes down to, right? How many goals are we going to score? How many goals are we going to are we going to concede? And I think the the bedrock 
of us last year really was the defensive solidity, and he's bringing in players to to address the um, uh, the, the, the goal scoring. And yeah, of, co- of course it is. We we need to know where these goals are coming from. And before these signings, we looked at Brennan Johnson and probably Brennan alone to have any kind of meaningful return. Uh, once uh, it became clear that Keenan wasn't going to come back, or, or, or at least not, um, uh, at least it's not nailed on that Keenan will come back. So. Yeah, of course, of course, it's important. Make goals, score goals, stop goals. That's football in its simplest terms, and Lingard's here to to do just that. And I think he can do. I think he can do both. We've seen. Okay, he's, he's very right, right side heavy. Um, he scored a he scored a couple of headers for Manu and West Ham as well, though. Uh, some of his assists, some of his transition play, the way he carries the ball from from deep are, are, are truly excellent. And you touched on an Ewe there, but. We're not seeing the best of him at the minute because a lot of our passes are into him while he's got his, got his back to goal, which is the system we'd set up to, to play with, with Keenan. But you look at a lot of Lingard's assists and he is playing that ball between the centre-halves for the striker to run onto, which is where 13 of um, Awani's uh, 15 goals in the Bundesliga came from. He's very strong at brushing off the centre-halves in and around the box and getting his finish away. And he's perhaps in these friendlies, at least, struggling to adapt a little bit, to having the ball pinged into him first phase or early in the move with his back to on the halfway line so he can pop it off and make the second run. So I think that combination with Lingard into Awanee will be positive. I think, as Mikey articulated, Lingard feeding Brennan will be positive. And that that triangle of players need to find a way to, to fire pretty early on to get the best out of each other. They're all going to rely on each other. I don't think any of them are going to score too many spectacular solo Maisie runs and the finish at the end. And if we can get that chemistry right, we could be onto a onto a good thing. Maybe there needs to be a bit of depth there. Maybe that three isn't the three. We'll end up with all three of them at the minute. Those through balls are going to be really, really important. Bloody hell, that was a well-researched point. I'm not going to argue with you. I assume that 13 out of 15... Stat was spot on. You're making you sound like you know what you're talking about there. No, take me on, but watch that video of him scoring the Bundesliga goals. And he, he was not scoring the type of goal that he's going to score in our in our team last season. They'd clearly set up for him to be the focal point. And that that to me seemed to be his his strength. I'm sure someone will go on the comments now and say it was only 10 or 11, but <laughs> there was a big prevalence of him running onto through balls, finding the space through physical presence. And then finding the finish, and there was a good mix of finesse and power there. But for those Awanee knockers, I'm just saying, let's give him the type of service that made him effective last season. He had <coughs> Awanee had uh, a ten, didn't he? And I forgot his name. And I think it was Greg mentioned the WhatsApp chat. He let the guy left in January, and you see the videos. He fed a lot of his goals, and obviously he kept scoring. But yeah, I think you're right. You make a good point about people who are going to. Who are going to tee up our knees? A different player to Davis. Forrest obviously designing a team to play on the counter. Um, let's move on. Part of playing on the counter, I think, or one of the big worries was having the cover behind to win the ball and then progress it. And the central midfield was a massive area of concern to me. They signed O'Brien, and it looks like they're signing Oral Mangala. And for people who don't know him, which was me as of about three hours ago, he's a 24 year old midfielder from Stuttgart. Um, he's got two caps for Belgium and the fee's about 15 million, I think. I thought he's listed as a defensive midfielder, but then you look at 
people's comments on him and you watch the obligatory highlight reel on YouTube, which could cover a multitude of sins, but he looks very good on the ball. He can progress it and he's good in tight areas. I mean, Mikey, it feels like without seeing him play again, it feels like a very sensible, I think you've used the term money ball signing before. It fits the profile, as we've said on here a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm the same. I don't know a great deal about him um, other than a bit of research in the last few days because I think his, his name came up last week. Um, on another note, I bought him on Football Manager a couple of years ago and he was wicked. So as long as you know that, it'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, um, you're right, Matt. I think one of the, if, if not the main area where I think we're all short is that central midfield now gone has gone back. And you've probably got to think as well is away from home rather than having where we used to play Zink and Argos sort of floating. I'm not sure they can do that at the moment. So you're probably going to play with a three in there, which means we're even shorter <laughs> because we now need another body. And with the eights being injured, they're really short in there. So this feels a much needed signing. Um, I was speaking to somebody today who's a lot closer to it than me and, and, and he was saying... He is a bit of a box-to-box player, actually. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe he can do a bit of both. So he can be box-to-box in the three, but also when we play a two, he can sort of sit there and cover those three centre-backs with Ryan Yates or or, or O'Brien or whoever. But much needed. I think he's just broke into the Belgian squad. He's got two caps, has he, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's obviously up and coming. Again, player that fits the profile that we were talking about earlier. High ceiling, if he has a couple of good years with us, he could then, if he wanted to, move to, to somewhere even bigger. Um, probably works for both parties. And uh, by all accounts, he's uh, liked by a lot of people. That's probably what I should say <laughs> at the club. So hopefully if they get him over the line, which it looks very positive, I think it's another very shrewd, very shrewd signing. Uh, in the comments, thanks to Nick, who said uh, the player who supported Aaron E was Max Cruz, uh, who was the 10, I think, for Union Berlin. So thanks for that. John says in the comments, you don't win a Belgian cap unless you can pass and keep the ball. So Mangala should be a good signing. And that feels an important point because Forest aren't going to dominate possession really in a lot of these games. And the other thing, Temps, I wanted to put to you was... Forest head of recruitment, George Sirianos, obviously knows the Bundesliga inside out, and I'm 99.9% sure he came from Stuttgart. So obviously there's been some kind of thought process and research into this signing, which means he fits the mould and he fits something Forest feel they need, I guess. Yeah, it's about the blend for me. So we saw this last year, didn't we? If we're kind of ascribing that um, Zink and Agel in the luxury role, Yatesy doing a lot of the heavy lifting and Garner kind of capable between the boxes and having that incredible um, dead ball delivery. I think that Mangala is going to fill that box-to-box role, isn't he? He's going to have a Martian alongside him. He's going to have a, a Lingard ahead of him. And that that blend of those three players is another critical linchpin. So I'll reserve my judgment until I've seen a few more uh, videos and seen how he integrates into the Forest squad. Um, but yeah, your sources seem to suggest, Matt, that the, the deal is uh, very, very close and uh, I'm excited to what he can add. I think the um, the Bundesliga recruitment is a demonstration of a couple of things. A, there's not a lot of relegated talent that we're really interested in this year. Cornet, perhaps the exception, the, the one or two boys at Burnley that I, I, I may have taken, but it's it's not the, the market that it has been in, in previous years. Secondly, signing English players from established Premier League clubs is not where the value's at. 
So there is an element of risk dipping into Europe. But to your point, we have experts in European football employed by the club who hopefully have identified the best talent and are going about recruiting it now. So, um, yeah, hope it's well-researched, hope it comes off. And I certainly think his skill set will complement that blend that we need in those central three. Um, we'll come on to Corne in a minute. Touching on James Garner, Mikey, I mean, Forest have got three central midfielders now who feel like the established three with Cafu and Ajada and people like that who are capable of playing that role. Obviously, you know, Cafu's done well periodically. Do you think they still need Garner? Um, it's going to cost a lot of money and we don't know how much is left in the pot. There's obviously some still. Or do you think Forrest might have to move on from him now? Well, if it was me, um, I would uh, obviously keep an eye and try and get him late in the window if he, he feels personally that he's not going to feature in Man United's first team. I really like Garner. You know, I said said to you in the uh, WhatsApp chat, um, watching that playoff final again, the amount of off-the-ball work that he does is so unappreciated. And you know what? We're going to need that this season because we're going to be under a bit of pressure. And I just think he's a lovely footballer, very calm, very cultured, high ceiling again. You know, he's, he's going to get better. Uh, he's been with, what, Watford? Watford, I think, then is. Can he come back for a third time? Maybe. Um, I think, obviously, it, it probably has to be a, a permanent move if that's the case. But for me, I really like Garner. So if there's a chance that he can come back, I'm sure the club will at least look at it. Um, and also, you probably want players that are very familiar because if you think of our starting 11 at, at, at Newcastle as is, you're going to have six or seven or maybe even more new players in there. So I wouldn't class James Garner as a new player. So I think if he fits back in, he already knows the system. He already knows the club, how it works. He could slot straight back in. And his, his link up with the eights is, is, is really, really good. So for me, there's so many plus points as to why you would look to bring somebody like a Garner back to the club to supplement all these new guys that are coming in. But let's be honest, it really just depends whether he's going to be in Man United's team or not. Um, and, and that depends on you know their manager and, and their recruitment. So it's one to keep an eye on. I don't think you'll see any movement until maybe even the last day, if there is even any. Um, but if the chance becomes available, 100%, I'd go for him. I don't know whether you agree, Temps. Would you bring him in if you could? Yeah, definitely for familiarity and as a trusted option. And we know he'll develop. We know him inside out. And his attitude is brilliant as well. Like, very popular with the popular with the boys. And being brutally ruthless, I don't think he's the answer to Man U's problems. I think his, his, um, his level at the minute is to be in, a, in, in an aspiring a bottom half Premier League team, if I can say that. And I think he'd, he'd find a, a good fit at Forest. There was certainly a desire for him to come back for a second crack last year, wasn't there, having enjoyed his first season with us. So, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a really natural one to me. I think we'll uh, we'll go in late. I think we've probably got the the plan together is to go in late um, on deadline day or thereabouts with, with our, our, our bid being the best we can offer. I think there'll be a pressure from the player who by that point will either be told you start in centre mid for Man U, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think Ten Hag's going to risk his tenure by pulling some, you know, young lad from the periphery of the squad to and promoting him to a starter. So yeah, I I, I do feel fifty one percent confident that Garner will be a Forest player this year. If you look at United's tour, I know he's only played once off the bench. They've still gone with McTominay and Fred. 
and they've signed this Martinez, the five foot nine centre half from Ajax. Are they going to play in midfield in away games or something completely random, which seems a recipe for disaster to me? And they're pursuing Frankie de Jong from Barcelona still, who just sounds like he absolutely does not want to come to Man United. So I think you're right. I don't see Garner cracking the mould there. He's you know he's not getting a look in, and they're desperately trying to sign you know another central midfielder. So I do think Forrest have got a decent shout of Garner, and I do think they need him. I think they need that one extra body. I mean, if you look around the Premier League, I think Wolves had an absolutely terrible finish, and they've got Jean Martinho and Ruben Neves in midfield who would walk into Forest team, let's be honest. Villa have got Douglas Louise, John McGinn, Philip Coutinho, Emmy Buendia, all those players, and they limp to 14. Southampton got James Ward-Prax. Every team has quality, and Forest need to match that. So I do think they need an extra body in there still, even now. And I think they need another striker. The people asking in the comments about Lewis Graben, saying is he retired? No, I think he wants... I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the Middle East earning a lot of money, or he plays in the Championship, where he's going to be a regular... And he's going to be the main man still. Um, let's talk briefly about strikers and then we'll come back to uh, a few other transfers. We've got about 15 minutes left. Do they need another one, Tam? You touched on our knee there. Sam Surridge has got this groin problem. Lyle Taylor's doing well in pre-season, but if anyone says he should start in the Premier League, then they're probably banned from watching this podcast. Please prove me wrong, Lyle, but uh, I, I just can't see it. Yeah, we, we need another striker. And my my understanding is... We want another striker. There are moves afoot within the, the the club at the minute to identify who that might be. I think Keenan Davis's hamstring injury probably came at an, an inopportune time because um, I think as the as the the window wears on, um, he'll become increasingly disillusioned with having to play second fiddle to those two boys for getting all the minutes at Aston Villa. So yeah, we do. And look, I, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon with a handful of Forest fans I've seen being really critical of of, of Taiwo, um, for the reasons that I mentioned. Um, earlier, but we can't just have one way to play, and we have to accept that if we're going to try and mould him to to fit into to our way of playing, that's that's not uh, a, a figure you want to hang your Premier League survival on. So I do think we need another um, high end striker, um, someone that can feasibly score twelve to fifteen goals in the in the Premier League. I don't have a name if it's not Keenan Davis, but I think that's going to be pretty high on our shopping list now. Well, one name they did want at the start of the window was Armando Broger, um, probably on loan, I guess. For the Newcastle and West Ham in particular have been pushing hard to, to sign him. But maybe, Mikey, they've only got one loan signing. And does someone like a Broger or a young, very talented striker who's going to get minutes, uh, uh, you know, under the Steve Cooper, you know, we've spoken about it so many times, working with young players? Is maybe this where Forrest bring in a, uh, that, their second loan signing as a, uh, as a striker? Yeah, maybe. I think it's an interesting one because you, you've got to also think about when Premier League name their squad, the 25, those that drop out, because then that starts sort of a, a bit of a domino. I'm not saying the answer will be in there, but it, it almost like starts starts a bit of a wave of conversations between all the clubs and then one thing leads to another and people might be freed up. So I don't think I'd rush in to get in somebody in in that position just to try and get another striker in. It's got to be the right player. It's got to be somebody either physically or um, well, with different attributes to what we've got already. I don't really want to see Brennan playing all the way up there, maybe on his own in away games. So that's kind of not the way to go for me. So with, is it Alwini? I still can't pronounce his name. 
<laughs> with the new guy, you've got to give him a bit of time to settle him. And that's assuming he doesn't hit the ground running. We absolutely need somebody else. So somebody like a, a Broger would be an interesting choice, but obviously that swallows up that last loan that we've got. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier on, Matt, around, uh, or it might be new temps, around the clubs that went down. There's a guy at Watford, and I think somebody just put it in the, in the comments, might have been, might have been Greg. Um, is it Dennis, the guy up front? He's yeah, he really, well last season, yeah. He's really good. So there are players around that, you know, if we didn't want to use up a loan slot, um, that would, I, I think, probably jump at the chance to get in the Premier League. So it's probably one that I don't think it's as urgent as central midfield. Um, but it's one that I would absolutely keep a look on and they absolutely, definitely need to bring somebody in um, because you can't really start a season with a guy that's never played in the Premier League as your main striker and nobody else. Because like we said, I think Taylor will probably leave um, on loan or, or whatever and Surridge is, is fighting his way back from injury. So there is a gap there, but for this one, I'd be a little bit patient. Yeah, I mean, Dennis is going to cost you a lot of money. Watford have got parachute payments. They don't need to sell. They can sit on it and wait for Everton to come in with a stupid bid, as you know, is their, is their style. Someone else said Pella in the comments, another Bundesliga striker. I think he's 29. He'd need that time to adapt as well. But yeah, good players, certainly. Uh, right. Uh, Temps, you know how to say our knee, don't you? I'm questioning myself now. Someone in the comments said it's our knee, and I think that's yeah. how the Bundesliga guy was pronouncing it. So I'm going to call him. Taiwo. Now, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right either. So, uh, yeah. What about TA? We get over that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do a Jay Ling's type thing there, but I can't remember <laughs> what it would be. A tier one, maybe for him. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's finish because we've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, we were having a chat on WhatsApp last night about would you have Ramsey, Gibbs White, or uh, Maxwell Corney? I mean, I don't think Ramsey's going to happen. I've, I'd be very surprised despite the the talk but you know if you could have one of the three uh temps who would it be i can't remember who you said well i'd, I'd definitely pronounce corny cornet earlier so apologies <laughs> for that um i got no, gibbs white prep would be my preference but the fee seems to be prohibitive and wall's financial situation seems to dictate them wanting to necessitate this auction and this scramble for an astronomical fee um, for a player who had a brilliant season in the championship last year so I'm going to say Cornet because I think that the, the release clause manages that auction process, if you like. I'd love to have Gibbs White in our squad. I just think that if it was an easy to do, uh, deal to do, we'd have done it by now. And the bargain they're trying to drive um, just, just feels a little bit fanciful for me. I think there's better value with Cornet. Yeah, I don't. I think Gibbs White feels less and less likely. I think, I mean, I, I think he wanted to come to Forest and might still want to. But as you say... Wolves are putting such a premium on it on his price tag. We were discussing the, the Lingard finances, you know, £10 million for one year. You could be signing Gibbs White for £30 million plus his wages. Obviously, there's a potential for a sell-on fee, but the numbers do become prohibitive, I think, as you say. What about you, Mikey? Forrest, are definitely interested in Cornet for, from everything we've read. Is he the one for you or it still be Gibbs White? No, it would still be Gibbs White, but I, I get what Temps is saying, you know, it, it, if there was a deal to be made there for a price that we were happy with, it probably would have got done because, you know, by all accounts, he's <clears throat> enjoyed his time with Cooper at Swansea, knows him very well, would fit into our system. The reason I say Gibbs White still is because I still think we're really short in midfield. And, and I do I do think we're probably going to play a three away from home. So you're going to need bodies in there. You're going to need six bodies. 
one for every no two for every position so <clears throat> if there is a deal to be made for gibbs white and if the money is less than what they're asking now which is astronomical by all accounts um then i go for that i don't know that much about cornet but what is what was very obvious is he was clearly burnley's best player last season because you look at the numbers you look at the fact that when he didn't play they really did anything and he seems to have quite a few suitors from you know down south as well so it's probably one i i personally need to have, have, a, have a better look at him to check him out but if you ask me right now gibbs white i think would fit into the system perfectly uh in a position that we really need but again it's just money isn't it it's just you can't we can't keep buying you know players for a lot of money we need to balance it out a little bit which is why i quite like the toffolo deal a couple of million quid um prime of his career probably going to start the season because of because of rich's injury you know that balances it out we can't keep spending a lot of money we do need these these players to come in and bolt the squad up that can do a job but gibbs white is a serious talent for me so if there is a deal to be made i'd love us to go back in for him Mm. We're going to run out of time to talk about the other transfers, but um, we'll be back next week and I'll talk about that at the end, so don't worry about that. Um, but I, even though I've said I don't see Aaron Ramsey happening, let's play you know football manager type football signings again. I mean, just briefly before we go, yes or no to Ramsey attempts? No, doesn't offer enough for the wages he'll command off the back of past glories. I'd move on. Mikey? Ramsey three years ago. I'd I'd a bit your hand off. Um, no, I don't think so. Not for me. No, I don't see it either. I mean, maybe Mangala provides the energy with O'Brien that you can afford to accommodate him, and there is a formula there. But I don't know. Once you get past the World Cup, does he still fancy it? I don't know. I shouldn't call into question a player's character, but it doesn't doesn't quite feel right with me. Uh, right. Any other business, anyone? Before we go, no, just anything? stay humble, Matt. Now you're rubbing shoulders with these match today presenters, but um, yeah, never never forget where you came from, buddy. Yeah, don't, don't forget who your friends are, mate. <laughs> I shall do my best. Right, um, we'll leave it there because um, I've got to go and pick my kids up in about five minutes. That's why we're running short of time. We'll be back next week, uh, this time next week, with uh, Temps and Mikey, and Greg's going to join us because it's pre-season predictions and previews, so we'll get into the other signings and talk about where Forrest are going to finish and and all that stuff. And we'll see what, you know, fanciful, well, I say fanciful prediction Craig will make. I mean, he's predicted promotion every year for the last 23 years. And now he's seen some kind of visionary because it finally came off. So let's see what he comes up with uh, this time next week. There might be one other episode uh, before then. And if there's any mental transfers, then I'll beg uh, one of these lads to join me and we'll talk about that. So in the meantime, Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. Mikey, thank you. Pleasure as always, Matt. Thank you. Oh, I should say, before I go, we've got a fantasy Premier League for the um, for the podcast and loads of people have joined. And I'm just talking, trying to find what the actual pin for it is. So I'll pin tweet. Right. If you play FPL and you want to join the Garibaldi Red Podcast League, uh, we're all in it as well. Temps' team looks good. Mikey's picked a team as well. The code is... Uh, lowercase f, lowercase k, two, lowercase n, lowercase j, and a four. So I think there's about 500 people in it or something, which is pretty mental. So if you want to see if you can beat us, which you probably can, do join that. And in the meantime, thanks for everyone who's watched along, and we'll see you all soon. <laughs>